1: You'll never be played with
0: again. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. All right, so we went Mackie and Judd with Rami without Judd today. Mm-hmm. So we spent basically an entire hour of a show earlier this week going through. It was yesterday. 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 The days all blend together. Mm-hmm. I've been drunk all week, quite frankly. Yeah. I've seen and uh, and and we we did a full dissection of your Toy Story three don't cry challenge right which you live streamed on your Twitter account at Rami is tweeting on, on Saturday, Saturday yeah and you didn't cry did not cry now we put a poll up and the majority of not only the people who follow Judd's poll on Twitter but I think majority of America would say if you don't cry at the end of Toy Story three you might be a sociopath mm. so that's kind of where I left it after yesterday's
1: show. I'm an emotional dude. I'm in touch with my emotions. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm not, I'm not a, a heartless person. I'm not a macho tough guy. I don't try not to cry. If I feel a cry coming on, I'll let it happen. I just, I didn't, A, I didn't have the attachment. To those characters and to those movies that you apparently did, because they weren't a huge yeah. part of my life for you're my the, childhood. You're the type up. of
0: dude that kills a spider by plucking each leg off once every five minutes, right? Yes. Like, but that okay. has nothing to do with this current conversation. <laughs> so you didn't cry during one of the most emotionally tormenting scenes ever? I
1: thought it was kind of a happy ending because I was looking at it from the toys point of view and they didn't, you know, end up in a dumpster. Okay. So that's why I didn't cry. Mm. But apparently, according to our off-air conversation, yes. you did cry, I didn't cry multiple
0: times during the 30 for 30 with Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut.
1: I welled up. A hot dog eating contest 30 I for well, 30 gets I, you to cry. I welled up three times, and I'll admit, I'm surprised by even that. Because what I was expecting from this documentary, this 30 for 30, the good, the bad, and the hungry, <laughs> Which, the- there's the, more beef behind the, the scenes. The title and the tagline, amazing. <laughs> the tagline, what if I told you that there was more beef behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes. Amazing. So I was expecting to just watch this this do, this 90-minute documentary and laugh at these people who take this world of competitive eating so seriously when it's something that we will tune into on the 4th of July and either laugh at or be disgusted. Yeah. Peter King, actually,
0: I don't know if you saw his tweet. Peter King was outraged that ESPN would put gluttony on a pedestal when there are starving children all across the world. It's like, okay, like, all right, man,
1: like how far down the path do you want to go there? Because there's a local comedian. I wish I knew his name right now, but he's from Pakistan and he does a great bit about how like, you know, your mom used to tell you, There are kids starving in Ethiopia and he was like, I was one of those starving kids. That food never got to me. Yeah. But
0: that's not how it works. <laughs> like, but actually
1: in, in this case,
0: that food may have gotten to Ethiopia because I believe I saw someone tweet out every fourth of July, Nathan sends a hundred thousand hot dogs to like starving children. Really?
1: Yeah. Well that's great of them. So, that's really nice. Leave you, Peter King. But <laughs> I wasn't expe- I was I wasn't expecting any real emotion or any real thought even to happen while watching this documentary about a hot dog eating contest. But I don't know if it's just so well done or if most of the emotion that I felt during this thing and most of the thoughts that I had were surrounding Kobayashi. I don't know if it's so well done or if Kobayashi is just That enthralling a character, that it pulled me in. And I started feeling stuff, and I started taking this thing seriously. And I'll tell you the three moments exactly where I welled up. There were three moments in this thing where I welled up. And if you guys laugh at this, then you're the ones with no heart. Manny, did you see this yet? Have you seen this
2: documentary? Last night, I watched maybe about five minutes of it. Okay. Because I just sort of casually had turned on ESPN, and there it was. Okay.
0: All right. I woke up early... Excited to watch the whole thing, so I was. I watched the whole thing this morning. So three points in this thing. Did not cry, by the way. Just so you guys know. Again, <laughs> I'm good.
1: If you if you're if if you're gonna make fun of me or think that it's it, it's it's frivolous that I would well up at these things, you're the ones with no heart. Mm-hmm. When I describe mm-hmm. these things to you, mm-hmm. we'll see. One was when he said that there was one year. I think it was 2008 or 2007 that he showed up to the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. And they had sort of made it like America versus Japan, USA versus Japan. Yeah. And this thing is taking place on American soil. And Kobayashi said while he was walking to the stage to compete, people were like getting in his face and screaming USA. And they even showed a clip where after the hot dog eating contest. And again, these aren't things that, that, that I said, these are things people screamed at Kobayashi from the audience Somebody said like Go back home, Shanghai boy, or go back home, Kamikaze boy, or something like that and oh. and and Kobayashi said, like I thought America was a place that was welcoming and I, and these people were cheering for me a few years ago, and now all of a sudden i 'm the outsider i 'm the enemy, and I feel like i 'm not welcome here anymore and i 'm going to tell you as the son of immigrants, if you're an immigrant or even a first generation American who's felt made to feel like you don't belong in this country or like it's not as much your country as it is somebody else's. It's one of the it's one of the worst and most demoralizing feelings that you can have if you're if you're somebody in that position or that situation. And I've had that happen to me before. So that that hit home for me. And I welled up when Kobayashi was describing that feeling of thinking he was as American yeah. as anybody and was welcome here. And people were cheering for him a few years mm-hmm. ago. And all of a sudden, he's being told to go back home and this isn't your country. Okay,
0: clearly cannot make fun of you for crying during, or for you. growing up. Right now. Yeah. And that's a very unique experience to you as well. And I think, so, I took a, I took a bunch of notes during this. I was just fascinated. I, I was like writing down some of this stuff. So Kobayashi, at one point during this part of the conversation, he says, quote, In Japanese culture, or like on behalf of Japanese culture, I wonder why Americans can't express themselves more constructively. This was really a profound thing that he said. Yeah, like his whole Mm. thing was kind of, my initial takeaway and and my lasting takeaway is that Kobayashi is wildly insecure and has sort of, I think he made up the jaw injury. I don't think that was a real thing. But
1: so genuine and so dedicated to his craft.
0: Yes, he was. And then he comes in an hour into this documentary and he says... I wonder why Americans can't express themselves more constructively. And he says, not only like in their interactions with me, but even politically. Right. The, the, you see negative
1: political campaigns. Yeah, and, yeah. This
0: is not how it works in Japan. Not to say that there aren't bad things about Japan when you compare it to the United States, but I never thought watching a hot dog thirty for thirty that Kobayashi would make me think not only just about you know life in his shoes, but life as an american compared to other countries the way that he did. So
1: I'm going to give him credit for that. All right. He made me he made me think on a deeper level. The second thing that made me cry and I don't know how this didn't hit home for you, Phil, Jothrytis? No. When he was talking about his mother passing and how she was sort of his inspiration and yeah. and his and his his best coach growing up and she was his spirit and the reason that he competed and when she died he felt like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. He almost didn't had no No will to live at that point. I think the reason passion for life, I should say. Right. So it's a good question because when
0: more often than not, when people bring up similar threads about their mom dying, I was really close to my mom. She was not only an amazing parent, she was my best friend, Mm -hmm. but I think the reason I didn't feel the connection to Kobayashi is because when my mom died, and this is just my, I'm not judging. I'm just, this is my own personal story. Yeah. When my mom died two years ago, My first and still, two years later, thought was, "I need to carry the torch and live life the way that she would want." I didn't feel like I lost my purpose. I felt like my purpose was enhanced, right, by her giving me the torch. And so, I'm not judging him for not feeling like. No, we all experienced that
1: loss, however you experienced that loss. But I didn't feel
0: the same thing that he felt when his mom died. Like he lost his purpose and quit eating and quit competitive eating. Um, and so I did like the reason why I didn't connect with me is because I had a completely different feeling after my mom
1: died. Okay. So, and but, the third time that I almost welled up or welled up, almost cried, was near the end of the movie. When Joy Chestnut was working out with the like the gag ball. Dude, that was so
0: gross <laughs> and fascinating <laughs> all at the same time. He has like a, a jaw device with a weighted bag that hangs from it. And he does jaw exercises. When you look at photos of Joy Chestnut... And his, his cheeks are, like, protruding. And there's been a transformation. Like, yeah. when you
1: look at Joey Chestnut early in his competitive eating career, <laughs> yeah. and now, he's definitely worked up those jaw muscles. And seriously, watching, I thought there might be PEDs involved, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. Shot. I'm not even kidding. I am not even kidding. <laughs> but the third and final thing that made me well up and almost cry was... So one of the one of the threads running storylines throughout the movie is that Kobayashi and his dad were sort of uh what's the word that I'm looking for um estranged. His dad was his dad was born in post World War II Japan where food was scarce and he thought that what Kobayashi did was was shameful what he did for a living and and earned fame and money doing was shameful to gluttonously consume this food in front of adoring crowds. He it rubbed him the wrong way. And near the end of the movie, you find out that they've reconciled, and not only have they reconciled, but over the years, his dad has been collecting video highlights of him, newspaper clippings, posters, like celebrating his career, but hiding that because he felt shameful to even be happy for his son doing what he's doing. And my dad and I were never estranged, but there certainly was a time in my life where my dad was never the most expressive person, but in a roundabout way, he'd say to me, "Are you sure you want to do radio and comedy for a living?" Like maybe be a teacher, maybe yeah. go to law school, maybe be a doctor. You know what I mean? Yeah And there was definitely a point in my career where I I know it clicked for my dad, and he was like, "Oh oh, he actually can do this. This is a real thing. He he can talk into a microphone yeah. and make a living doing it. And now he's like, like, again, my dad, not the most expressive person, but the way that I know my dad is proud of what I do for a living, he'll brag to friends. He'll never say to me, like, wow, I can't believe you did this. I'm really proud of you. That's just not our style. We're very subdued and reserved, but I know... He tells friends like my son's on the radio. My son's got a comedy show coming up. You know what I mean? And there was a turning point in my career where my dad just accepted it and was
2: proud of it. And it wasn't this stupid dream that I was chasing anymore. I will say this, too. The first one, the first reason that you brought up, I think, really hit me because it, it sort of reminded me of a time that I welled up at the end of a at the end of a movie. And I've been hearing you guys on the show talk about like, you know, toy story and the the whole fun thing with that. Um, I mean, Lion King is one that I cried at, you know, when Mufasa died and all that. that, that's a side thing. But I remember watching the movie 42 and the end of that movie, the sort of the, the epilogue at the end of the movie where they just sort of talked about the rest of Jackie Robinson's life and you know, what he ended up doing with in his career with the Dodgers like that really hit me. It really hit me, and I remember the first time I watched Forty Two. I, I when that part came at the end of the movie, I did start crying. Yeah, it was one of the few times I've ever cried at. You know, The Lion King is the other time it's happened, but like that, when you bring it up like that, Rami, it makes it makes a lot of sense because yeah, it's Jackie a personal Robinson. Connection. It's, yeah, it's a personal connection. It's why it's why the Dodgers have always kind of been the second team in baseball that I cheer for because of. Jackie Robinson and how important what he did means to me and everything like that. So I get it. I totally get it. Now, See, that, yeah, now that you yeah. explain it that way, See,
1: it's not just a stupid documentary about dudes eating hot dogs. Had to test you though. Had to test you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There's four more. There's
0: four more takeaways. I just want to throw again. If you're just joining, us, I hope right you now,
1: thought John, There wasn't an emotional, like make me cry takeaway, but there was another takeaway I had and I hope you have it in your list. Okay. We probably
0: do. We probably do cross up on, on one of these. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about the 30 for 30 that aired on ESPN last night about Joey Chestnut and Kobayashi, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, and the number one takeaway. And they alluded to it. They they hung this dude out to dry a few times throughout the production of it. And at, at the end, they sort of the producer went at him with a question. The chairman guy, who runs the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, the guy with the the top hat who's on the microphone, and he's he's the hype man, right? Yeah. How about that? Joey Chestnut! Joey Chestnut! That guy,
1: right? Like, he organizes everything. He's a racist. He's a flat-out racist. Thank you. That was the other takeaway I was hoping you would touch on in this thing. His
0: quote, when, when Joey Chestnut took down Kobayashi after six straight championships, his quote on the microphone on national TV and to an audience of thousands of people on Coney Island was, Our long national nightmare is over, The championship comes back to the United States of America. What? Wow. Yes. The entire time. And at the very end of the documentary, he said he was asked because Kobayashi hasn't competed in the Nathan Top Dog eating contest in over a decade now. And he had a big contract dispute and stuff. And I think part of it was he just didn't like losing to. But but also, the producer challenged him and said, I think you, Mm -hmm. I think he doesn't like you. I think you have made him feel like he's not worthy and like, he's, like he doesn't fit in because you're the one that has drawn this line of America versus Kobayashi, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And Kobayashi said, I thought anyone could be an American hero. I didn't think it mattered what color your skin was or where you were from. And I realized that only Americans can be American heroes. And that was the other profound thing that he said. So like the, the chairman guy is the one that came out to be the villain in this whole
1: thing. He's the worst. And at the start of it I kind of li- I kind of like that guy cuz yeah, he's, he's he's wildly entertaining. He's charismatic, right. entertaining. Like he's really good as as the MC and announcer at those things, but like you said Phil, he's also the organizer and peddled peddled in racism, peddled yeah. in, in nationalism. And it was gross and on top of that, the guy who made your hot dog eating contest the success that it is, and as a byproduct of that you yourself individually the sc- the success that you are you didn't reward him and give him the contract that he deserved and then because he realized how wrong he was in his dealings with Kobayashi Joey Chestnut says because of how Kobayashi handled his negotiations i got paid what i deserved yes uh the other the other takeaways real quick that i had were Kobayashi
0: and his strategy and his training are amazing. So he's, he had a six pack the entire time he was doing this for 10 years. It's crazy. Like he'd lift up, he'd eat all these hot dogs or whatever eating event he was at. He'd lift up his shirt and he was almost obsessed with showing people his six pack throughout the years. Kind of I weird. would be too. But his strategy, he has a very calculated strategy that he shows and kind of breaks down in the documentary. He breaks two hot dogs in half exactly so he can put the four ends all in his mouth at the same time. And he uses warm water. Like body temperature water to soften the buns. It has to be a very specific temperature of water mm-hmm. inside the uh, the deal. Joey Chestnut, they showed a bunch of footage of like his roommates helping him train. They went through some like th- some training sessions for the producers and stuff, where he'd put the competition on the TV for motivation. Yep. And uh and he would like he'd go through he'd eat sixty hot dogs or whatever it is, and then they'd kind of break down the training session, and he was saying to one of his roommates. Man, I, I kind of gagged there on the fourth tray. Like there was kind of a <laughs> there was kind of a gag in there. Wow. Yeah. He goes. He goes. Not sure what that was all about. Like, oh, I don't know. You just you ate, ate forty four trays hot dogs. of hot dogs. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was amazing. But the thing about Kobayashi's training that I thought was interesting was that he didn't practice eating every time he was in a practice session but he would practice the movements it was Phil Jackson of, of the dunking yeah. the water the the splitting of the hot dog like he was getting his muscle memory down of of the fastest way to get the food to his mouth yes and then he would practice the actual eating and the stretching out of his stomach and being able being able to consume these large amounts of food. But first and foremost, ultimately, he would get the muscle memory down of the process of getting the food from the table and from the trays to his mouth. It was fascinating. Dude, Phil Jackson used to
0: make Bulls and Lakers teams practice, not only, not only without a ball, but sometimes with the lights off inside the practice facility. Just guided visualization. How would you, how would you go about your business just mentally, blind, right? No ball.
1: And Kobe actually did that without hot dogs, so but <laughs> so you agree amazing. with me, even though you didn't get emotional during it the way that I did yeah it was it was more fascinating and interesting than you thought it would be yes. going into a documentary about hot dog eating I would agree
0: there were, there were more layers to it than so many more though layers. I thought, yeah, all right, that was awesome wow we just we just did like twenty minutes on hot dogs right there and determined I was it's totally amazing. justified yeah. in it's getting I'll, emotional. I'll give you, I was wrong, thank yep. you. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Available. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
1: In Other News. It is time for In Other News. Middle of the week, middle of the show. So we like to take a little break from uh, the hard-hitting sports talk we bring you here at Score North and some of the more light-hearted news. From around the world, including usually, of course, Dateline, Florida. Yep. This
0: is Manny's first in other news, I think. I think it is, yes.
2: Yeah, we, well, on Scorner of Sundays, me and Danny and Lindsey, we have a feature called uh, Florida or Fake that we oh. do. So oh, I like you uh, should
1: join that sometime. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah it's a good time.
1: Maybe you can use this story if uh, those two are currently not listening. Sometimes I like to read the article and like lead you to the punchline and the funny part. Sometimes the headline is is the the show stealer itself though, and this is one of those instances. Florida man caught feeding wild alligator resists arrest. Then in quotation marks, he's a good boy and he loves bagels. <laughs> I mean, the, I, I, you know, if it's if it's one of those
0: everything bagels, or oh. it's got like all the different stuff on I it, and a I, good everything I, I can't even dis- disagree. A chocolate
1: chip bagel. Love a chocolate okay. chip bagel. In on pretty much chocolate chip anything. Really, I think. really good. Is he a cream cheese guy or not? It uh, doesn't say. I don't. Well, Let's <laughs> find out. Let's read. Let's read. A Florida man who allegedly resisted arrest after being caught illegally feeding an alligator named Hank in his neighborhood pond described the 10-foot beast as, quote, a good boy and a good friend. At least I think that's what he sounds like. Paul Fortin, 67, was issued a citation by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission over the incident in May at a pond in Catriona Drive, Daytona Beach, but he was arrested by police and taken to Volusia County Jail after refusing to accept the citation and resisting an officer without violence. Fortin, who says he is a disabled veteran, told News 6 that he regularly fed Hank the elevator. He's a good boy. He lets me pet him, Fortin told the channel. He just sits there, and he loves bagels. He was such a good friend. The alligator lover added, it's illegal. It's totally illegal to do it. Did I know it? No. No. Did I know I couldn't feed a turtle? Alligators? This feels like it's like out of
0: the movie Deliverance or
2: something. <laughs> yeah,
1: I kind of knew that. I don't know. Maybe I'm Mr. Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> he just said maybe I'm Mr. Doolittle. He was reportedly caught uh, after a report by a neighbor uh, led to FWC discovering a Facebook video of Fortin feeding the alligator
2: filmed by himself. Man. You, you know, know what's funny when when Rami did that voice. The the first thing I thought of was that movie Deliverance.
0: Deliverance. Yes. <laughs> you sure do got a pretty mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy. That is so
1: creepy.
0: <laughs> What's creepier, that or the Wiggins whisper voice? We're getting right- People are tweeting that the Wiggins whisper voice
2: is creepy. Like Manny and Phil, you got to stop that. Say,
1: hey, alligator
2: whisper. All right. you gotta do it with the southern accent. <laughs> no, I can't. You right. sure do like bagels. And you're a Rebound! Stop shooting them long tubes. <laughs> all
0: right, this is from Las Vegas, Nevada TV. This is Fox Five KVVU TV in Las Vegas. When local law enforcement warns motorists that they must be accompanied by another person to use HOV lanes, the small print reads as follows: Passengers must be alive. <laughs> Drivers have tried it, the HOV lane with dummies and pets in the past, but Nevada Highway Patrol Trooper Travis Smaka encountered a carpooling first on Monday. A hearse driver shuttling the deceased. Oh, God. Oh, my Seriously? God n h p tweeted the following after the incident quote The driver had the dearly departed in the back, and he thought the deceased could be counted as two people. Wow, I guess we should clarify this: living breathing people count for the h o v lane Wow, <laughs> I disagree first of all, if you're in a hearse, you got somewhere to be okay you're either you're either like in the middle of a funeral situation or there's some a weekend embalming to be situation. <laughs> time sensitive situation <laughs> here. Yeah, That's fairly time sensitive. <laughs> yeah. uh, Smacka pulled over a Chrysler town and country vehicle operated by a local funeral home on southbound Interstate 15 near Spring Mountain Road. The driver thought transporting the deceased individual located in the rear cargo of the
1: van would qualify as HOV compliant. See, when you first started reading this story, at least. The deceased is in the rear cargo of the van. I thought he had the body, like, propped up in the passenger seat. Like Manny just said, like a weekend at Bernie's situation. (laughs) Well,
0: that would be the Florida version of this story. This is just Nevada, so it's not quite as bad. (laughs) Quote from the trooper, you must have a living, breathing human accompanying the seats in the vehicle to be in compliance with the HOV lane rules. End quote. So just so everyone knows out there, if you're thinking about pulling a fast one, they gotta have a pulse, yeah. Make sure it's not a dead person.
1: <laughs> in other news, again, the headline steals steals the whole show. Here, this comes from the uh, Sheboygan Press. Sheboygan serial toilet clogger is sentenced to 150 days in jail and probation. <laughs> He's- You got one of mine. Oh, did I? I told you yesterday. You got one of mine. I told you yesterday we would have duplicates. This was the one (laughs) I was talking about. A 35-year-old Sheboygan man was sentenced Monday to three years of probation for clogging women's toilets in Dillon Park and at his place of work. Patrick D. Beeman was originally charged with 12 misdemeanors of criminal damage to property, but seven of the charges were dismissed in early June. As conditions of probation, Beeman will have to serve 150 days in jail, pay more than $5,500 in restitution, not be allowed to possess or consume alcohol or any controlled substance, and complete 100 hours of community service. While the state recommended Beeman serve 30 days in jail as part of the probation, Judge Kent Hoffman sentenced him to 30 days for each of the five counts of criminal damages to property served consecutively, citing the need for a more severe punishment. Uh, let me jump ahead. Are there here more details bit. in here? Hang on. Let me just jump ahead. Um, Beeman apologized for the damage. And stress he caused in a statement he read during the sentencing on Monday. I need to make things right and pray forgiveness every day. According to a criminal p- complaint, officers found a toilet in the women's bathroom at Dillon Community Center clogged. Officers had checked the uh, restrooms and then were able to identify him later when uh, he was uh, he was fingered by uh, fellow co-workers. But this apparently... <laughs> Officers re- reviewed ten similar incidents beginning in April twenty seventeen where toilets were clogged. The city determined each incident caused about two hundred dollars in damage. The complaint said, You know How, what? I you know, I, I gotta say, there are if I'm making
0: a list of like top ten things that drive me nuts, when you gotta go and oh you go man, to a stall and you bust that door open and someone has left it clogged, it is <laughs> the worst. Because mm-hmm. now you got you got two choices, right? You either go and you just leave it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or you try to unclog their mess for them. I can't do either one. Or three, I guess, take your chances on a different
1: bathroom somewhere. As a germaphobe, I can't do either one. I gotta find another bathroom or pay the consequences. <laughs> essentially is what I'm doing here. But I, w- I was reading this article thinking, dude, this guy has digestive problems. Should we be sentencing him to jail or getting him help?
0: <laughs> Go to a gastro sentence him to a gastroenterologist for ten that incidents thing. before he was caught
1: on the eleventh? Poor guy. For real. This guy needs some Pepto-Bismol. But he was actually uh, sticking plastic bottles in toilets. That's how he was doing oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah, it was deliberate. Okay. And intentional. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Would have been would have been a better story had he just
1: had major digestive it was, issues. If it was deliberate and intentional, just naturally doing it, that would be downright impressive, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. In other news.
0: All right, this is from the Daily Gazette. Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, Daily Gazette. City police are investigating what they describe as a suspicious incident Sunday in which a 12-year-old boy bicycling on the east side said a man tried to lure him with a puppy. Police said they want to find the identity of the man who did not approach the boy but carried a puppy and alluded to having more puppies in his car. Police said they were contacted by a concerned parent about an incident that took place about 10 a.m. on Sunday in the area of Ludlow and Mitchell Streets. The boy reported he was riding his bike when an older white male, whom the boy did not know, attempted to engage the boy in a conversation about a puppy. He had a van and said he had puppies in the van. So I guess my question to you guys is, not to make this too cryptic and Mm -hmm. dark, have you guys ever been in a situation like that where you may have been, like, lured by some creeper kidnapper
1: in your life? Have you ever, like, had a situation where you thought you were
0: about to be kidnapped?
1: Yes. Not lured by a puppy or by candy into a windowless van, which, by the way, very cliche. Very hack of that guy. But there was one time, and I... I barely vaguely remember it, and it might have just been a child's imagination running wild, but we were going somewhere on a train, family trip, family vacation. We were on a train, and I remember somebody, like a man, a grown man, grabbing my arm and trying to pull me somewhere before me and my brother fought him off and and ran and found my parents. Yeah. Mm. So he was definitely trying to kidnap you. Again, this is a vague memory from very early in my childhood, and might yeah. have just been a kid's imagination running away with him at the time. What I have if, no, I have no idea. What if he was just being hilarious and he was like, he was going <laughs> to take five steps and be like, "I'm just kidding," and like just give, kidding. Give, give you, give you
0: back, go back to your
1: parents. Yeah. <laughs> but I got <gotcha>. you, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Other news. <laughs> All right. Um, as usual, my cup runneth over within other news stories. So I'm going to give you guys the headlines, the gist of the story. This is the last one I got, right? We have okay. time for one. Yeah, more. yeah, you tell me which one you want to hear. This one, I'll tell you the the headline doesn't really pack the punch that the story does. I'll give you that disclaimer to begin with. Social media influencer wants free wedding. The clapback is amazing. Okay, so that's one cockroaches will soon be impossible to kill social media social yeah. media yeah all right i also not have not man cockroaches. Th- cockroaches are already impossible i also have Manthro's throws poop at judge uh <laughs> germans buy beer so nazis can't and woman marries divorces pirate ghost but you want social media right <laughs> yes okay <laughs> a social media influencer tried to get free wedding photos and the clapback was sublime i'm just gonna read you the exchange okay okay So this is a representative of the bride emailing this company that does photos and videography for weddings, etc. Says, good morning. My client is a well-known social media influencer who's planning to be married on the 10th of April, 2021. In the lead-up to her wedding beginning this summer, she would like a documentary-style video, an hour-long, and photos taken at Bridal Fittings, which can be shared with her followers on the day of the wedding. She would like a video documenting the whole day, must be one hour-plus in length, and a package that includes approximately 1,000 photos. A feature-length documentary. Yes. In exchange, she is willing to extensively promote your business followers on Instagram and Facebook combined of about 50,000, 55,000 followers, <laughs> including story shout outs, and will offer a discount of at least 25% on your packages. Wait a second. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, so they're going you gonna have,
0: to, all- have to buy advertising with the influencer and do the feature length documentary? No,
1: no, no. The influencer gets the exposure. Okay. And then anybody who buys photo and video packages through the influencer, they get 25% off. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. This was the response, and it is amazing. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for your email, and we really appreciate your offer. We don't usually offer our services for anything other than our regular going rate. However, we would consider making an exception in this case. Firstly... We would just like to check if there might have been a typo in your original email specifically relating to a missing zero on the amount of combined followers your client has across all their platforms. As I'm sure you probably know, 55,000 is not usually the level of following which can command the free transfer of products worth between three and four thousand pounds in total, especially when you take into account bots, duplicate accounts, and the types of followers who are not our target audience. As another example, we have friends that have more than 55,000 followers on one single platform and they have even been known to pay certain suppliers a fair day's wage for their goods and services. <laughs> Having said all that, I'm aware that this wedding date is nearly two years off. So if you are confident predicting that by April 2021, your client will have gained the minimum level of following that can realistically put them in the category of, quote, influencer, then we would be happy to make some sort of arrangement. However, we would in this, ca- in this case require a clause in the contract stating that promoting us in your stories to anything less than half a million followers followers across one single platform by the time of the wedding will trigger full price in pounds sterling for the services you have requested That's amazing <laughs> thanks also for your thoughtful suggestion of a 25% cut in our fee for any followers that book through your client's promotional posts previously we have received recommendations and promotions from high value com con- clients, we have even been able to actually raise our prices in reflection (laughs) of their strong reputations. So in that vein, it's helpful to know in advance that being linked with your client will automatically knock 25% off the perceived value of the product we have spent so many years honing. Finally, we really appreciate how valued as artists and professionals you have made us feel by informing us that you have only sent this exact same email to four other companies and that a, a fast response will secure us the wedding rather than artistic consideration. Likewise, please get back to us as soon as possible (laughs) if you have any (laughs) further questions, and we can start getting something locked in the diary.
2: And that drop
0: was (laughs) that is amazing with Mackie and or Mackie and Chud with Rami. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
2: Time for a Score North download. Manny Hill here with you before we wrap things up with Roycey on Mackey and Jug with Rami. If you're wondering why you're hearing my voice instead of Jonathan Harrison's, that's because Jonathan is out at Allianz Field right now. As We've got Minnesota United Soccer taking on San Jose coming up in about 44 minutes. The pregame show at 630 uh, live from Allianz Field. Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar will have all the action for you. Catch tonight's Minnesota United action right here on Score North on AM1500, scorenorth.com, and that fantastic Score North mobile app. Boom.
0: Thank you, Manny Hill. Mackie and Judd with Rami, without Judd. The title of the show is getting longer today because Judd's out. Pat, the fighting Burp Lyle Evans are going to be playing USA in the Women's World Cup final. Who's your money on?
3: Oh, did the uh, Netherlands win? They, they did. did, yes. They did. Uh, um, my money's on the U.S. because uh, my favorite lesbian will be back. I think she'll So, Go gays, as we say. Well, wrap now. She'll be back. She'll be back. She'll be back. She, she said it.
0: One just, of the great you know. quotes of all
3: time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, go gays. <gaze. laughs> A lot of people so,
0: are very offended by the brashness that, of, of U.S. women.
3: That's what but yes, what is that i I think it all started when they acted like idiots in the thirteen nothing game, so they and and they were challenged so uh strongly by people who were offended that they they just decided to let her go right over the top. The uh, gal uh, the diver, uh, what's her, what's her name? The one that's been with uh, scored the goal yesterday, the one that's uh, beaten, gone, the most talented ever, the, the good looking gal. What's her name? The scored d- the goal last
0: Alex, Morgan. Alex Morgan.
3: Alex yeah. Morgan? Alice Morgan yeah. Uh not Alex, not Al- Alex Morgan. Yeah, Alex, 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 Alex. Yeah. yeah. Alice Morgan is the, is the psychopath on the series loser, so we get those oh. two mixed up, There's an Alice Morgan man. okay. Yeah. Alex Morgan. Yeah, sipping the tea—that was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> she got the goal yesterday. Did you see that? She 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 sipping the tea. So they are agitators. So that's pretty good. So I, I'm betting on the U.S. So. Although it does appear that the Europeans are starting to take it much more seriously when we were winning uh, winning these things rather routinely 20 years ago when it just started off and nobody else was really playing. Uh, international women's soccer, except for us. So it was. It was a lot easier on them than it is now.
1: You know, Pat. A lot of people thought that the tea sipping celebration that you just referenced from Alex Morgan was actually her miming like smoking a joint, and now they're playing the Netherlands. She can use the same exact celebration. <laughs> it works.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. They, they do. See she, they thought she was uh, smoking a joint. Is that? Uh, I, I see it. I saw it strictly as tea, but I guess I don't. I don't hold you. Are the, are, is the gesture pretty similar? I mean, it's
1: fingers up to the mouth with the other three yeah. fingers up in the air. But okay. the motion of sipping tea, if, when you capture it in a photo rather than video, it can look like. Yeah, it can, it can look like and either one. Yeah. Right.
3: Well, well but, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you that. Uh, I am, uh, well, when are we playing this one? So Saturday?
0: It's Saturday? I believe Saturday. it's Saturday, yeah. Hey,
3: we, we also have the advantage of an extra day's rest, too, right? We get the uh, extra Yeah. The other one's had to play today, so, uh, that, that should be a big advantage. Well, I will be in Washington, D.C. this weekend, so I might, uh, I might uh, miss it because I'm going out there for the wedding, and I hope all the trumpeters and the tanks have been cleared out by the time we arrive. So well, uh, I'm very worried. I'm very worried about the tanks. Uh, the Donald's bringing in tanks for his collection tomorrow.
0: So. Yeah. Hey, Pat. Do you think? Uh, speaking of tanking, do you think the Twins are in trouble? The the lead is down well, to seven. Played. Uh,
3: yeah, I don't know yet. I I don't know. Or is he was. Uh, before he got his blister, was I actually thought he was really good at the start last night, and uh, but he's uh, he's coming back down to earth here, that's for sure. Uh, I still think I'd rather have. I think he can piece together a great thing. I think I'd rather have to go get a starter and leave him. Wouldn't you?
0: Well, I I, I, well, I would have said when Martín Perez and Jacob DeRisi were pitching at their peak a month ago, I would have said I, I want a starter, but but Craig Kimbrell was at the top of my list. Yeah, so here's yeah. here's. My, my issue now is, Money. I don't think, if you're the Twins, definitely tip of the cap for getting Jayco Odorizzi to a new level, but don't get cocky, because he's still jayco DeRizi. I want Jaco DeRizi as the number three starter going into a postseason series, and I think uh, I think that should be a priority.
3: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I uh, was actually, had a little bit new this afternoon, I was watching the Mighty Whiteys and Poor Stavis, and Stators, uh, and... By the way, Gardy was five and twenty in June. <laughs> Poor but uh they the whiteys of uh this Bill this and that they uh, they've been waiting for. Yeah now he had an eight ERA in June the triple A somehow. I'll tell you what, this guy's got a great curveball, a change up, and he throws ninety eight. And they got a pretty good lineup. I think they're the team of the future in this division. So you better win it this year. We're not going to be the favorites here come 2020, I don't think.
1: You think that soon?
3: Well, I got the two guys coming back from Tommy John, you know, Kopech and uh, and Rodon. Rodon, they actually had three pitchers. Three starting pitchers have Tommy John. So how soon those guys come back, of course, is... Uh, I think uh, one hope is the guy that I bad-mouthed for the Twins uh, all the while the first two months. Panetta looks a lot better, don't you think? Yes. He looks like he can get six innings now instead of just puffing and puffing and hoping he can get through the fourth. He's... Uh, He's throwing more strikes and the flatter looks better and uh he, he could he could become a uh a, a more reliable starter here the uh, the last uh thirty games. Yeah. I mean
0: he'll be he'll be more reliable. He'll still huff and puff, but he'll be more reliable oh, yeah. when he huffs and puffs.
3: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, Pat, we uh, we spent some time earlier in the hour d- doing a deep dive into the 30-for-30 30 30 that came out last night, Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. Did you ever cover the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest? Uh, no, I
3: did not. No, I did not. I turned, in fact, I channels last night. I saw it was a 30 for 30, and I saw what it was, and I lasted eight seconds. And I, <laughs> I actually might have cursed loudly that uh, we're run- we must be running out of ideas. Aren't we running out of I, ideas? You know, Pat, I thought 30 the 30.
1: same thing, and it was really, really well done, made me think, made me feel, which I was not expecting. Yeah. I went into it thinking it was some frivolous, stupid thing I would laugh at that they're taking it as seriously as they did. I enjoyed it. I genuinely, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really good.
3: Now, when you first came here, I was wondering, who the hell is this guy? Mm
1: -hmm. Fair enough. And then
3: for a month or so, I'm saying... Uh, I don't know about this guy. He's kind of a goofball. Also fair? But, but I mean, you've kind of grown on me, but after what you just said, uh, now I'm, I'm kind of back to where my original thought was. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of moved me back to where I was. When you first arrived, like, who the hell is this
1: guy? What planet's he from? And once again, fair. I'm not going to disagree with any of this. Pat, but. I mean,
0: Joey Chestnut uses some sort of a weighted ball mouth exercise with a... <laughs> With a weighted bag hanging from it to strengthen his jaw. It's amazing. Oh,
3: okay. right. okay. There's too damn many jokes available. For this <laughs> Don't stop now.
0: No, no
3: I'm I'm stop. stopping, stop baby. I ain't even I still got to work for eleven barely, but sort of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
3: it'd be interesting this uh, weekend to see how many people uh, we find out showed up. At the, now we can't take the we can't take the announcement seriously, but it'll be interesting if they can get twenty grand a day out there at uh, golf tournament, don't you think?
0: Yeah, well, it's it's very top heavy. They've they, I'm I'm glad that they brought out. A, I'm I'm glad that there's like five or six household name top players oh, in yeah. the world. It makes it yeah. more fun.
3: Yeah, there it is. They only, you know, they got kept uh, the best player in the world, and they got Shelley, who's the next best thing to Tiger as far as drawing people. But uh yeah. they only have six. It's a tough week, man, because they got the Irish Open over there, and uh, that's a big event over in the Euro. And they, you know, a lot of guys go there early, playing that, and then stay and play the British Open. So, uh, you know, there's. I think they got six of the top thirty, six or seven of the top 30, and uh, they had to work hard to do that. It's always been a tough week, and in fact, one reason that uh, Washington D.C. had it, you know, at Congressional, it was the Tiger event, and they were having a tougher time getting a field. Now they're, I think they're in the 4th of July week again next time, and then maybe they get moved here to a different weeks, so they'll be moving around here, but, uh, uh, they, you know, thank God Phil showed up. I'm sure that, I'm sure that had said it isn't serious, begging to get Phil to show up, but at least he got him. Yep. Uh, Phil sure Mickelson
0: has people. become the most hilarious follow on Twitter now with his, like his third round videos that he does driving up to just, each.
3: He's just discovered it, right? I yeah. mean, he just started on it a little while ago, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe I'll have to change my mind on him if I watch some of those videos. I've always considered him uh, very high in the fraud department. But I, I always accused him of renting those little girls to run out there to congratulate him after he won <laughs> His fake out. daughters? They never got any allowance. They never got any allowance. They were four, like for seven years. they run out there. So, you know, where do you get these? They're what, they got grow here eventually.
0: His stand in family. Here. All right, Pat. We got to run. We'll talk to you after uh, the holiday weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. All
3: right. Have a good Fourth.
1: All right. See you, Pat (laughs) Mickelson. His kids never age. The same four-year-old paid actresses. I never noticed that. But when he when he said it, I started (laughs) like going through the catalog in my memory of all my Phil Mickelson thoughts and they it's all true. have seven-year-old girls. Yeah. Like, it's all in seven-year-old <laughs> girls but they never age. Even
0: when he was new to the tour. It's right. crazy. It's like Amazing. 20 years old. All right, you can find us on demand, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on uh, the Scorn Earth mobile app or anywhere you find podcasts. See you guys. Happy for the The day's all blunt together. Mm-hmm. I've been drunk all week.